Hey, welcome to Deep Rocks Podcast, uh, your hopefully number one uh, go-to podcast for fan-based, keyword fan-based, Broncos news and analysis. Uh, My name is Austin. I'm joined here with Kevin. Good evening. Good evening, Kevin and Ian. How's it going, guys? Well, that's a loaded question after... (laughs) For sure. Uh, uh, yeah, definitely a loaded question. So, a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. We're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, game on Sunday was uh, a rough one. Let's just say that between uh, Broncos and Ravens, this is a home game for the Broncos. And, uh, man, there's a lot, <laughs> a lot that I want to get into here. So, let's just dive in. First of all, first thing I want to know, first thing I want to ask you guys, on a scale of 1 to 10 – how worried are you, Kevin? Okay, well, first off, I would say we were stomped like a narc at a biker rally. Uh, that, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was a, that's a line from one of my favorite comics, Dennis Miller. It is only <laughs> one game out of 17. So mm-hmm. um, I would say that my level of worry on a 1 to 10, 10 meaning our season's done, uh, mm-hmm. One meaning uh, we're Super Bowl contenders. I would say it's hovering right around the middle, 0. 0.5. Right around okay. 5. Okay. Right around 5. Ian, what about you? I'm around a 4. The only thing that really scares me is the, the, the massive amounts of injuries that pile up. I'm not scared of the schedule. I'm not scared of the way we're playing. It's the injuries. And like Kevin said, it's one game out of the out of the 17. We're still 3-1, and one, so I'm not hitting the panic button quite yet. Okay, five and a four. I would say I'm right in that same range. Four, maybe somewhere in that range. Maybe even three. I look. This, this there was so many. There's a lot that, about this game that was bad, and and we're going to talk about those things. Uh, but I would say at least in relation to, and Ian, you and I were texting during the game, and obviously mm-hmm. I was upset as as were oh, yeah. you. Um, yeah. but. All in all, I would say I'm much less worried than most of Broncos country has sounded, or at least the vocal. You know, sometimes the vocal is the minority, but at least the vocal group of Broncos country sounds to be very worried and kind of, in my opinion, a lot of overreactions happening, at least in regards to the play on the field and the product on the field that we saw. Um, so – you know, I I think I think the best the best place to start, and we've kind of started started with you know in the past you know the last couple episodes we started with injuries and stuff, and this week we got to talk about injuries because we lost more more players to injury, one of them being our starting quarterback. Now, by no means is his as severe as Josie Jewell or Jerry Judy or anything like that. But when our starting quarterback goes out and misses half a game, as well as, you know, his status being up in the air for the next game, you know, it's, it's hard not to have that bring at least a little bit of worry to you. Um, Teddy Bridgewater went, went out with a concussion, did not come out to play in the second half. So we got to see Drew Locke for the first time in a regular season game this, this uh, year, albeit in a very – difficult situation to be you know to be in 
Uh, and Deontay Spencer got completely blown up. Now, one of the things that I want to talk about with these plays is that both of the plays that these, these guys got injured on were illegal hits. Yes. Were blatant illegal hits. And I can't, I can't for the life of me understand why no flag was thrown. That was the second time. That was the second time that Teddy Bridgewater had been hit in the face or in the face mask in this game. And neither one of them were called. One of them was right before or the, the literal next play after Alberto dropped the long, what would have been a touch, touchdown throw. The very next play, he gets blown up, gets hit in the hit in the chin strap, and then happened again on this play um, right after Deontay Spencer went out and there was no flag on Deontay Spencer. Very clearly, a defenseless receiver got absolutely obliterated. Uh, I don't understand how these are not I mean, is there anything that you guys, maybe you're seeing something that I didn't. I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on these on these calls or no, non-calls? Well, I think, well, I think, oh, I'm old school football, so back in the day, those have been clean hits. But if you're going to play within the rules that they make now, yeah, it's, yeah. It, that, those were penalties. Those, those were penalties. That's a rough in the past to call two times. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. if, you, if you hit Pat Mahomes or you hit, Tom Brady or anything like that. I'm talking about, you know, they're storming the stadium. Um, <laughs> yeah. My God, don't, don't hurt their franchise guys. Storm, yeah. it, and I'm pretty, and I'm pretty sure that second hit wasn't what caused his, uh, his concussion. I thought, I think he got the concussion on that first the, one. Where some his, people use the first one. Yeah. Yeah. When he comes out with the two, um, we came out with the two red gloves and you saw him moving his hands and stuff. Like it looked like maybe he had like, he lost some feeling in his hands, maybe a little bit. That color is orange. Uh, you should know as a Broncos fan. Uh, but uh, that's what I meant to say. I see your point. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. Okay. I was just okay. at that point, I was just seeing red. So <laughs> there you go. Nice save. <laughs> uh, Kevin, what about you? I mean, uh, I, I know all three of us are more in the, in the line of old school thinking, not to say that player safety is unimportant because we do believe it's very important. And we actually saw injuries at a, at a lower rate back in some of the old school football days. Um, but as the rules are written, these are blatant flags. Are they not? Well, I, I don't, what makes some flags? I mean, it, on, I'd have to look at the, you know, slow, super slow motion to see where that was it helmet to helmet or in, in your mind, what made these blatant uh, anything, anything. So, so with quarterbacks is anything head or neck, anything head or neck area is an automatic flag based on the rules, based yeah. on the rules. So, and that, that so can where, be where a hand that just where happens was, to hit. He was hitting the chin both times. Yeah. That is a, one flag. of them, one of them, his helmet came clean off. Well, yeah, yeah, we know. I, I, so, so here's the thing: we put ourselves in a position, you know, to get hit hard many, many times. So, you know, I think calls like that are somewhat subjective, right? Uh, in the heat of the moment, they're bang bang calls. They missed them. I'm not su- suggesting there's any kind of conspiracy. Maybe they just missed the phone calls. But on this, I mean, missed the uh, the calls there. But on the scale of concerns I have about that game. Those are relatively minor. No, and we're and that's that's not that's not top by any means. No. That's not top worry by any means. But those are the those are the plays that caused injuries 
to our starting quarterback as well as yet but, another but receiver. But there was a root cause to those injuries. Yeah, we but yeah, we but, that, but that's protecting. It was game plan. Yes. It was scheme. We weren't blocking people. We weren't Kevin, that does, but that doesn't doing. nullify the rules. That doesn't nullify the rules because ultimately, hey, you shouldn't have to pass every down. So therefore, it's your fault. No, it's still a flag. It doesn't matter whether or not we believe they shouldn't well, have been in that position flag, to begin with. He still would have been out of the game. That's that's again not True. not the point. That's not the point. We're talking we're talking about you know if if they're talk if they make all these rules in, in in the name of player safety and these flags are supposed to be called in the name of player safety, then why does the position that they put themselves in change that fact? Well, I, have you guys seen any? Uh, analysis on either one of these hits? I mean, is there a consensus yes, that they absolutely. were Yeah, absolutely. They, it is they, absolutely they, consensus. Actually, actually, during the telecast, Gene Sessator came on and said they should have been flags. The, yeah, the, he, he said this is blatant. Yeah, All he, three he, of them. And he's like the the number one guy they go to when they talk about flags, if it should be a flag. Former be head flag. of officiating, I believe. Probably one of the guys right, helped so change let, all these all rules. Agree. They should have shown flag, thrown flags. Yeah, and but, but again, so he still would have got. This injured. is on the note of injuries. This is on the note of injuries. So this is on the note of injuries. So we lost. So we lost starting quarterback. We lost another wide receiver. We're literally down to like we're essentially our wide receiver room is starting to look like our cornerback room in that Buffalo Bills game last last year. Um, yep. Like we are down with three guys now. Three guys now. We signed a guy mm-hmm. off the street um, who didn't have a target or anything. Um, we don't have now our, our returner, our return man, uh, played quarterback for us last year. <laughs> this is getting comical at this point. Um, now, of course, he was actually a receiver, but the injuries. I mean, I, and that's kind of been the theme that we've talked about, kind of to open up most of you know the last couple podcasts. Is just these injuries are just piling up. They're piling up. They're piling up. Um, and, and, and part in many of the reasons that I'm not as concerned about the team as a whole, uh, is because I, you know, I don't think the Ravens are a far and away better team, but they do have better coaching and we'll get into that because coaching was kind of a big thing in this game and it felt a lot. And I'm sure you guys can agree with this. This game felt a lot like 2019 and 2020, right? And sure. the things that were working, they got away from, and the things that weren't working, they tried to force. And that, you know, Pat Shermer, for all his, you know, at least we all were kind of on, you know, on the wave of, hey, his play calling looks improved this year. In the first three games, the play calling looked awful. No matter who was at quarterback, the play calling looked awful in this game. I mean, the biggest note that I came away with, and I'm sure you guys have heard this, um, was after that. So the Broncos scored their, their touchdown and they went up seven to nothing early in the second quarter. I believe there was still 14 minutes and some change in the second quarter. You know how many times they ran the ball after that, after that touchdown drive? Five times, six times, the rest of the game, they ran it six times. Keep in mind, when they got the ball back, it was a one-score game. They were tied. 
I believe they were tied at that point. And they were averaging 6.2 yards per carry. And just abandoned the run. Completely abandoned the run. So what worked, that touchdown drive was a lot of, there was a lot of hard running, a lot of good running, including that uh, um, unbelievable Javante. Uh, that, angry that run of the week. <laughs> angry, one of the, angry run of the, re- the week uh, from, from Good Morning Football. Um, and, then, and then they just completely go away from it. And to your point, Kevin, you know, they were getting blown up. Like they were sending pressure and the offensive line could not protect. The offensive line could not protect. And so instead of getting out of what wasn't working, he just left, you know, like I said, to your point, left Teddy Bridgewater and eventually later in the game, Drew Locke susceptible to constantly taking hits because he was just unwilling to run the ball, would not call a run play. And it's just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Doesn't make any sense to me. So I mean, what what what, are, what do you guys some of takeaways takeaways in this one? You add on this one, Kevin first. Yeah. So a couple things. I mean, I I think we played poorly offensively, yes. defensively, and including special teams. So Another I big think, kickoff return. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think a lot of the reaction. You know, you talked about it at the top. You know, maybe people are overreacting. They're getting instantly pessimistic. They're jumping off the yep. bandwagon. But yep. I, I think a lot of that is rooted in lack of confidence in Fangio and the coaching staff. So you look at the Agreed. NFL, is there a great deal of disparity between talent from team to team to team? Most people would say no. Not hugely. The, the real yeah. difference is in leadership, coaching, you know, the culture of the organization, game preparation, uh, scheme, um, in-game mm-hmm. adjustments. I mean, all the things that are tactical, right? Tactical yep. as well. It's a chess match. It's a chess match. And I think we're mm-hmm. out there playing checkers. And I'll give you a good example. So mm-hmm. Broncos ran effectively early. I mean, you touched on this. We ran the ball really well. Yeah. Uh, and – Guess what happened? Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Ravens, who used to be the coordinator for the Broncos many years ago. But Wink Martindale may be the most creative defensive coordinator in the league. So what does Mm -hmm. he decide to do? He, He starts crowding the box, bringing all kinds of pressure packages, just jamming the line of scrimmage. He was bringing um, blitzes from every gap you can imagine. We didn't know where it was coming from. We've got two young guys playing guard that were just not capable. And even the veterans, the rest of the guys, didn't look good. Nobody looked good on the offensive line. Bridgewater, I mean, one thing he does uh, that Locke does not do so well at this point in his career is Bridgewater will stand in the pocket and – you know, he, he'll give his protection every chance to do their job, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Locke will start to roll out and get out of the way, oftentimes too soon. Okay, that's one mm-hmm. of the biggest criticisms of Locke. But, mm-hmm. you know, so so Bridgewater's hanging in the pocket. He's, get, he's getting hit repeatedly. Eventually, he's concussed, okay? So now we throw Locke out there. Did we change our offensive scheme? Did we go back to run that was working? Did we go to some – listen, 
the Broncos offensive uh, philosophy is run first and then play action, play action. Yes. Off the run. Yep. Run, play action. That's yep. our blueprint. So we just throw the blueprint out. We're asking guy. we're asking both Bridgewater and Locke to drop back in the pocket, seven step drop in the field, try to find an open man. It wasn't working. They were getting hit and no one was getting open. This is a game where I feel we uh, really missed our, our burners, right? We missed KJ Hamler. We missed Jerry Judy. As much as we all like Sutton and Patrick, these guys are more possession receivers. It's not like they don't have speed, but they can't take the top off the defense. Mm -hmm. So Baltimore was playing man on man with those guys. And they, and, and, and when you're provide, when you're rushing the way they did, there's not enough time for these guys to get downfield. So they're playing close. Um, these guys weren't getting open. There was no th- deep threat whatsoever, no big play capability that could have loosened up the secondary a little bit. It's a recipe for just getting steamrolled, and that's exactly what happened. So, you know, and then I'm, I watched the game Monday night. Or was it, yeah, mo- was it Sunday night with uh, the Patriots, or was that Monday night? Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday so night. Patri- yep. Patriots game, you've got Tampa Bay, a great defense, just like Baltimore. And you got a rookie quarterback in there. You saw Mac Jones complete 19 straight passes. You know, West Coast-style offense. He's dropping back three, boom, balls out, boom, balls out. Quick play, quick, quick, yep. Why is that not part of our game plan when you're playing the Ravens? And, oh, by the way, Pittsburgh plays a very similar defense. So so the frustration and the, you know, the hopelessness that – I'm starting to feel, and I'm not throwing in the season, is no. you're, you're right. This is 2019 and 2020 over again. Where's the leadership? Where's the game management? The, um, you know, re- reacting to what's happening on the field. Um, I just don't see it. I see us getting outcoached consistently. And I think the three games we won early in the year, we, we did look good, but it was against inferior competition. Now we step up against the playoff contender and we got punched right in the nose. So I think the rest of this season um, is really going to be down to how we respond over the next week or two. Um, if we see more of the same, then I think the season is going to go into tank in a hurry. And I think mm-hmm. you're going to see, I, I think you're going to see Fangio and staff lose that locker room. Oh um, yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. We're still a very talented team, but we got to do a lot better than we did against the Ravens. That was sad. Yep. Let me let me jump in real quick, Ian. And I, I, I just a few things I want to touch on. I mean, I, I I agree with just about everything that you said. I mean, I mean, you nailed it. Um, the coaching is so. Here's here's what I here's something that I noticed, and it just kind of goes along with what you're saying. Against the three lesser teams, right? Now again, these are all NFL teams. We understand that, but. Against the three lesser teams, the coaching staff didn't seem scared. Okay? As soon as they play a team that they know is good, the coaching staff, in my opinion, both in terms of the game plan and and all that, they start playing scared. So when it's a one-score game, two-score game, you're just dropping back, like you said, five, seven-step drops every play as if you have to make up – 
all this ground in order to be in the game instead of just sticking with your game plan. Here's what happened in the first three games. And this was a this was a credit to the staff that we didn't see in this game and we didn't see in the past two years was in the first three games of this year, even when the running game wasn't working as well, you know, three yards a carry, whatever, they would stick with it. They didn't get away from it, even when they were down, because they were both of those uh, first two games, they were down early in the game. Don't forget, we were we were kind of, you know, somewhat slow starting in both the, the Giants game and the Jags game. Um, but they, even when the run wasn't working very well, they'd stick with it. They stuck with their game plan and they would continue to keep a balanced attack regardless of whether or not it was working every single play or not. In this game, you know, you were talking about the lack of a deep threat. The one time that they were able to go deep, and this is this is not necessarily – the one time they were able to go deep, it goes through Alberto's hands, right? And he's got his guy beat by two steps plus. Goes through his hands on onward to the end zone. And then they just don't even test it again. They don't even test it again. They just start trying to do drop back. Like you said, survey the field every play, getting blown up every play. Just no adjustment. No, And maybe you'd think maybe, hey, at, at halftime, let's gather up. Let's. This isn't working. What can we do to adjust? But no, they, they not only go back out with the same plan, but even to like a worse scale to an even worse scale to where I think they ran the ball, I think a total of four times in the second half. Well, let me jump in here, Austin. Let me me give you an example of good coaching, okay? So, the Broncos, I believe, game plan on defense was, we're not going to let them run. I mean, Mm -hmm. the the Ravens have the best run offense in the league. I mean, they have year after year, certainly one of the – Broncos did a good job of stuffing the run early on. Mm-hmm. So, so yep. guess what? What did the Ravens do after the first quarter? They said, "Hey guys, they these guys are these guys are really heavy <laughs> in the box. We're not going to be able to run." So, what, yep. what what did the Ravens do? They do max protection. They had seven guys in blocking, and then they were sending yep. the re- receivers out. And guess what? Our secondary did not play that well. Lamar Jackson. Well, not only that, but our our secondary now on that play, definitely blown coverage. Yeah, Kareem Jackson, blown coverage over the top, 100%. I'm not super worried about that happening with any frequency, but what does happen is I don't care how good your secondary is. If you give the quarterback four, five, six seconds, they're going to find somebody. But that's what we should be doing. They They adjusted, they protected their quarterback, and we were we were isolated on these receivers. And listen, Lamar Jackson threw for 316 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, we made him look like you know Aaron. That's a stretch, Aaron Rodgers. But we made him look like a good <laughs> passing quarterback. So you know our you know highly paid defense and highly paid secondary was getting burned on a regular basis, including Simmons, who seemed to be out of position oh, yeah. quite frequently. Against against Mark Andrews, tight end. Yeah, there were se- several in in one drive that I saw. Again, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not in the long term. I'm not extremely worried about our secondary. I'm very, on the contrary, I'm I'm still very confident in our secondary. I don't think one uh one game where 
our coaching staff is completely unwilling to adjust to what's happening is a indication of a you know the the way that the secondary is going to play in the long term but uh but you're absolutely right i mean a good example of coaching was on the other side of the field yeah on the other side of the field you saw something where guess what we were doing very well we were holding that we hold them to no points in the first quarter and uh they adjusted like, hey this isn't working what we came in with, what our plan was coming in, isn't working. Exactly. Let's adjust. And that's what was completely and that's and that's the thing, is I think as soon as the, as soon as this team starts playing good teams, it to me it seems like the coaching staff gets scared. They, it seems like they just yeah. like like they just abandon the run. They start th- trying to throw it all over the yard, playing catch up in a one score, two score game, you know, a 10 point, seven point game, just trying to play catch up the whole game, even when it's not working. Like, I don't know. I, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Ian, let's hear some of your takeaways. Well, well, I think the offense is really, I think the, 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 the offense died when, Albert O apparently grew T Rex arms, and <laughs> you know, how do you, yeah. I mean, I, how do you miss that ball? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was it wasn't through his fingertips; it was through the middle of his hands. Of his hands, yeah. By the way, my, my, was he my, catching my, a beach ball? My, th- know, my theory, I sound like an Albert O apologist, but I think the ball got caught in the sun. That's what it looked like. Oh to me. well, I, think he lo- I don't care. Well, hey, at least it, I, I could care less. <laughs> Well, at least, hey, at least the sun, the sun caught it. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> caught it. It's sunny. Know, it's sure, catch as hell, it either. sure as hell wasn't Okawebenam. I know he didn't catch it. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that that, that, that kind of sucked ahead. out. The, that kind that kind of sucked the I think the energy because that that the first two drives we looked pretty good, especially the second drive we looked good. No fan touchdown, feeling good. We're like, all right. And then that play, I just like I feel like it, everybody's collectively on the sideline, just their the heads hit. And then after that, it was just a it was just a crap show. After and directly that. after that play, the very next play was one of the plays where Bridgewater just got completely blown up. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, that's, that's where he got his helmet ripped off. I still think they need to yeah. figure out his helmet thing, dude. That dude's helmet flies off six times again. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't as it was primarily that first week but yeah he gets some guys some airbags or something in that helmet (laughs) yeah but yeah but but yeah but i mean there was some like yeah you're right you you got away from you got away from the running game i mean you got two of the better runners in the league and you use them sparingly especially this pookie williams i mean i mean after you saw that run that fired up the entire stadium that should have fired up the entire coach like everybody give that guy the ball I have ever seen in my life. That was amazing. I've ever seen. Yeah, it's that's right. a top ten I've ever seen, without a doubt. That was an yeah, that's unbelievable a- run because he got hit in the backfield, spun out of it, trucked yeah. a guy, then a very tackling cornerback fifteen yards down the field. Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe yeah. it. Yeah, and then you don't go back to that guy. You're like, oh, no, that was a great get this. Run. Sit down. They get a, they get a touchdown on that drive. They get a touchdown on that drive, and then uh, they ran two run plays the rest of the half, and then oh. four in the second half. 
So that was early in the second quarter that they got the touchdown. Like I said, yeah. And uh, you know what? You know what the first play call was on the very on the very next drive. So they just destroyed them using the running game. Play action pass to Noah Fant. They just destroyed them doing that game plan, which should be their game, which was their game plan the first three games. Then guess what? They come out and empty. The very first play of the next drive, they come out and empty five wide. Which I don't understand, really, because I understand. Not even the threat of a run after you just did that to him. See, I can understand if you have – if you go – I can understand doing it sometimes. Look, All right, so you do your five wide. You understand your two two other wide receivers are Kentel Hedden and Deontay Spencer. Neither one. Not on first down after you just got them scared of your run. Right? Not on first down. What is this, Houston, Texas football? Come on, dude. Hey, let let me jump in. Let me just jump in. Yeah, go ahead. So, we talked about Javante Williams. I mean, one of the things I really like about this team is the two running backs we have. Uh, Melvin Gordon looks reborn. I mean, this guy does. He looks fast. This guy might be the MVP so far. He, statistically speaking, he's running at a 4.9 yards per carry clip. That's all pro level. And you're right. He looks quick. He looks nimble. He's still running as hard as he ever has. I think Javante Williams has lit a fire under him. Mm-hmm. And I think that the combination of these two guys, this is the, this is amongst the better backfields in the league. Let's use these guys, okay? And we're going to Pittsburgh. I want to see a heavy, heavy load for both of them. Um, That's the only chance we have against good teams. And let's hope we get our our offensive guards back, our our starters. Well, we'll yeah, let's definitely hope for that. We need them. Here's the thing, and Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon, his longest run of the game was fourteen run, fourteen yards, and he still had a six point two yard. Uh, per carry average so it wasn't like he had a 70 you know like in the first game he had the 70 yarder which inflated but this game was that wasn't the case he had a 6.2 yard average with a 14 uh long so he was just doing it consistently both of them were just getting chunk plays every time they got the ball yeah every time yeah that needs and even when it's not working like the first a lot of the first three games, it wasn't working because the teams were daring Teddy to throw it. This game was the exact opposite. The Ravens were daring them to run it, and so they just kept trying to force the throw. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, we're getting these chunk plays because all they're they're playing the pass every play. Game is working. Like, just adjust. I just, I'm sorry. I just, it, it just my, goes back to the coaching stuff. Yeah, go ahead. Speaking of running, we you have yet to see Mike Boone. Uh, I think yeah, he may, sure. may yeah. be coming off IR. He I'm may be back sure this week. Works. But I think he is also going to add to the running game. From what I've seen out of him, I think he has real potential. Um, and Melvin and Javante, we've been fortunate. No injuries, no nicks or anything like that, but it'll be good to have somebody else in the mix a little bit. Agreed. 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 Ian, go ahead. I I know we kind of, we kind of, we kind of got, you know, kind of got off on a tangent there. What is somebody, I mean, did you have any other takeaways that you wanted to hit on before we move on? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you guys pretty much covered all of it because I've been crapping on the the coaching staff for about three years now. Uh, mm-hmm. especially especially last year because of 
Pat Shermer because I love that vanilla play calling moron. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> they're all they're all bums. Um, top to bottom, bums except for Munchak. Um, but um, Caden Stearns. Yeah, I I like the cut of that guy's jib. He had seven two, snaps, two sacks, <laughs> two sacks and seven snaps. He's effective. He's an athlete too, man. He's a real <laughs> athlete. And I tell you what, K K Jacks. I know we brought oh, him yeah. back, but I think he's a, a year past his effective playing speed. He's still a good hitter, but he's a still liability. Good liability well, no, well, I I disagree. Before this game, he had given up a zero passer rating in the first three games. Zero point zero passer rating when thrown at when targeted. I, so I didn't see that. this was a lot of blown can coverage. Be, can be a little misleading, but I'll, well, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. I just I just think this game out there is that he's been a little bit slow. From what I've read, I have I I, I have not heard that this year uh, personally. Um, I mean, but in this game, I mean, nobody played well. I mean, Sertan didn't play well. No. Justin Simmons didn't play well. Kjax didn't play well. Uh, Vaughn Miller did. I mean, the pass rush. Here's the thing about the pass rush. And here's part of why I was not super worried about the pass rush in the long run. Um, the pass rush, they were they were playing contain more than they were playing rush. They were playing contain. So and even Vaughn Miller even talked about it. He was saying, like, Biggest goal was to make sure he didn't full blown teeing off, trying to tee off on him. They still got a, a couple of sacks on him. Um, they contained I think two or really three sacks on him, but, but that was their goal. So it's like it's Lamar Jackson is just such a unique quarterback that we're not, we're not, we're not going to face that kind of guy again all year. It's just not going to happen uh, unless, you know, in the playoffs, potentially, you know, if we if we get to that point, potentially in the playoffs. But as far as the regular season goes, that is the only time we're going to face a quarterback. We're, we're, we're basically telling our pass rushers to, hey, so that no gaps open up that he could run through. Like, we're is basically telling our pass rushers. Exactly. We're basically telling our pass rushers to take it easy uh, so, so as to make sure that he can't escape in any way. So... I'm not that worried about the pass. The pass rush didn't look great for a lot of the game. And I think that's part of it is like, they were kind of like, Hey, we're so worried about this guy running that we're just like forming a circle around him. (laughs) Um, A couple other things. I'm going to talk to you guys about uh, are actually, I want to say encouragements, encouraging things. There's not a lot of encouraging takeaways from this game in particular, uh, there just aren't. It was a bad game, right? But here's the thing. We all said, you know, we all looked at this stretch of games, right? We looked at Baltimore. We looked at Steelers, the Raiders, and I think is it the Browns after that? Um, we looked at those four games, and we're like, hey, we started 3-0. and If we can come out of those games 2-2, two and two, we're still feeling pretty good. Right, we're still feeling pretty good. Nobody, we didn't go into this stretch of games thinking, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna sweep these guys too and be undefeated going into the bye week. Yet here we are, at least, and I say we, meaning Broncos country, not necessarily you two specifically, but here we are, basically panicking as soon as we see them not play well or not play as well as we you know had hoped or thought we had seen in the first three games, and and I'm just thinking like, look. 
one of the best scoring offenses in the league. We only gave up 20. And that was after we could, we could see the team kind of started to bend at the end. And that's including a blatant blown coverage. That is not something that I think is going to happen with a whole lot of frequency. Um, 23 points for the Ravens. More often than not, as long as your offense is competent, which it wasn't in this game, and we, as we've we've noted, a lot of that has to do with the play calling um, and injuries, of, of course, too. We had the two offensive right. linemen out, multiple. And our quarterback on out. Uh, yeah, our quarterback out at a point. Um, so our offense was bad, but you, you give up 23 points to the Baltimore Ravens and you're in that game nine times out of 10, as long as you have a, a competent offense and a co- competent coaching staff. Now that's the part that we're kind of like, do we have that? Um, but not that worried. I'm not that worried. Our defense, I think played a lot better than people are giving them credit for uh, because they stuck. But the problem is they, the, the, the coaching staff stuck to a game plan that, the offense, the Ravens had adjusted to, so they didn't like adjust with the game flow as they should have. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, um, again, if you if you if you catch that ball, Alberto, son or not, you catch that ball. The Broncos are up fourteen nothing early in the game, early in the second quarter. That'll be a different and outcome. Compl- I mean, and that that changes the whole game script, the entire game script. We can see the Broncos are. Primarily, they're built as a team to, to play with the lead. Primarily, that's kind of the way that they're they're built, and so they're always going to be better. You know, they're not they're not a, a Tampa Bay offense with Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, where you're going to be able to overcome any amount of deficit, right? So right. you're up fourteen nothing if you catch that ball, and this game's looking entirely different. And we're probably not panicking. Our coaching staff's, staff's probably not panicking and uh, abandoning the run and the game plan uh, the rest of the game. Um, so that's number two. Uh, there were a couple drops. Of course, the Alberto one. There was also one Cortland Sutton dropped a first down, mm-hmm. you know, also in the first quarter. So I, I, I saw two. So I saw three total drops personally in the first, I think all in the first quarter. They may have been the first half, but Alberto and then two other ones. Cortland Sutton, that would have been a first down. I can't remember who the other one was. I was going to rewatch it before we got on the or started recording, but I just didn't have the opportunity to. Um, uh, let me see here. I wrote a couple things down here. Uh, you kind of t- very lightly touched on it, Kevin. Special teams is still an issue. Big kickoff return uh, that had that had a I think a bigger role in the momentum of the game than than we've talked about. Um, here's the thing: team looked deflated when Teddy went out. Teddy is their sure fo- He is without a doubt the guy they they believe in, and that's not. He didn't play that much better than Drew Locke in this game. You know, it's not to say that he lit the world fo- on fire in this game. You know, neither one of them were in a good position to see. Neither one of them played particularly well. But man, it just the shift when when Teddy Bridgewater didn't come back in the game. It just seemed like all hope was lost. And I don't want – not even from my perspective, but just it seemed like from the team perspective. Uh, so I, I, I really have a lot of confidence in his leadership as long as he uh, – the, team, the team's going to rally around him, even to a different level than the fiery kind of guy. He's just that emotional leader that, that they, uh, they want to 
play for and that they actually believe in. A uh, couple other things, and then I'll pass it off. I do want to talk about the Steelers game uh, here before we wrap up. I already touched on Lamar Jackson is just very unique. We're not going to play another guy like him the rest of the season. Um, blown coverages in the secondary is that's kind of an outlier. Uh, we shouldn't expect that, especially we're, we should be getting Ronald Darby back this week. And let, let's not forget about guys like Michael Ojemudia, Isang Bassi. They're coming back too. Um, as long as we don't continue to get more more injuries every week, we got good guys coming back. Um, we we're essentially down to two receivers and a tight end or two tight ends and two receivers, kind of what we were down to. And we should have been utilizing, Kevin, to your point, the running game and the running backs because that backfield looks very good with Melvin Gordon playing better than personally I've ever witnessed, even better, much better than last year, in my opinion. He's playing with a lot more juice, in my opinion, than last year. And then, of course, Javante Williams just never goes down on first contact. David Moore, he'll become more involved in the offense, but he was just signed off of another team's practice squad. Doesn't know the playbook yet. He wasn't going to get a whole lot of opportunities. He'll get more opportunities as the season goes along. Uh, play calling. That's We've talked about that. It was much better in the first three weeks. Hopefully they can get back into the better play calling mode uh, and put this game behind them. Uh, let me see here. Oh, you wanna, one hey, thing. Hey, you want to know yeah. what my favorite play of the game was? My favorite play what? of the game. Favorite play of the game was when Drew Locke rolled out, missed the – he almost got tackled. Oh, he that, broke the guy, yeah. It threw that dart, threw that dart to Kendall Hedden. <laughs> and then called and back then on penalty. holding Garrett offense number 72. <laughs> 72. I couldn't I believe it. I was like, this is 2019. This is 2019. I, li- <laughs> I literally – you could ask Ashley. I literally almost turned into the Kool-Aid man and ran through the wall into my – to the next apartment. <laughs> dude i couldn't believe that i, I could not it. believe it like what? oh man i was and that was a questionable call a questionable call could have gone either way it was, it, uh, i don't think it was a hold but just the guy got that, turned was, around like, he got turned around and, and then he and then he was a he, he, he got an academy award for flaying flailing his arms flailing his like arms he was, up he, got, he gets turned yeah. around you can see garibald's hands are not they're not grabbing anything they're not hooking no, anything nothing. or grabbing anything. He just gets turned around and flails his arms up. But um, I had PTSD after that. Like I was just like, as soon as PT. I heard seventy-two, I was just like, yeah, I'm out. The okay, worst play that I saw was the word like as as an individual, like watching a certain player on the field was uh, on the on the play the Teddy Bridgewater's last play where he laid on the ground for a little bit after he got hit, right. Mm-hmm. That play, if you go back and watch it, you got Game Pass, which both of you do. If you yeah. go back and watch that play, watch Lloyd Cushenberry. Oh, oh yeah, I saw it. Almost, look, I almost he's looking don't the other tell you. way, dude. He's looking the other so way. He's, so he's so so he <laughs> is not blocking or engaged with anybody. He glances to his right to see, you know, uh, whoever the right who was playing right guard, Muti. Um, Glances to the right, Mooty's blocking his guy, and then he comes back left, and the dude is linebacker just him. just runs right past him. 
And Cushenberry awesome. still standing there, not blocking anybody. That was literally the only guy left for him to block, and he just doesn't see him. It almost just doesn't like, yeah, even it, see him. It almost looked like he had like an out of body experience. That it like, literally he did. It like really his, did. His soul wasn't <laughs> actually on the field because he looked. Because <laughs> I've looked at the I've looked at the play a couple of times. <laughs> It, Dude, I, I couldn't believe it. I I don't even know if he thought he was in a football game. Like he was just. I don't. He was. was just, dead, it was dead stars dead, in his eyes. There was nothing. It was, there. Dude, it, it was it was dead air in a body right there. He was just just had his hands up, like just in front of him, like as if he's gonna block. He looked like he looked like a Madden character that yeah, that, where the guy glitch? just runs right past him. He just I'm glitched. Just like, <laughs> I'm like this, and this it, guy and won it, a national his, championship. Come on, man! He got his and got his quarterback blown up. Now, and and you you may be right. He may have been concussed before that play, but in any case, that made it worse. Oh, for if sure. anybody looking, if anybody looking cussed, look Cushionberry looking cussed on that play. <laughs> oh, he looked very concussed with his reaction time. I was like, that was. That's an invasion of the body snatcher stuff. That guy was not visibly on the field. Embarrassing. All right, moving forward. Okay, I, I've kind of explained. I feel more confident than most of Broncos country. Uh, look, we weren't going to win 17 games. We were not going to go 17 and 0. If if most of the you know most of us have predicted five six losses at least, right? Did we? All of those were going to be close losses. Probably not. No. Probably not. No. We ain't played Chargers so, yet. <laughs> we got a th- we we got a, we're three and one. We got a three zero head start, which is great. And we predicted five or six losses anyway, so this is yeah. essentially right on schedule. Things that need to be corrected, and that's that's part of every season. There's things every season you go throughout the the year. Things you need to be things need to be corrected. I, I know for sure if, if you had asked me at the beginning of the year, hey, are all six of those losses going to be one score close game losses? I would have been like, no, we're going to get we're going to get our our teeth kicked gonna, in at least one of the games. Gonna get, we're going to get trounced every once in a while. We're going to get trounced at least one of those games. So, hey, if if there is a bright side to it, get it out of the way early. Yes. Get it out of the way early. If you can bounce. Maybe this is, hey, they did play weaker opponents the first three games. Maybe they needed this to be like, okay, we got to get this back together. Like, maybe that's where they, they they sit back up and they readjust their tie and they get right back to work. So hopefully that's the case. I actually liked the one thing Fangio said that was good. Fangio said some dumb ass, sorry, yeah, at the yeah. end of this game. Um. One thing that he said that was good was basically like, hey, we're on we're on to Pittsburgh. Like, we're not going to keep thinking about this game. We're going to learn from it. We're going to look at the tape. We're going to we're on to Pittsburgh. He should have just we don't started want, it. We don't want something that. lingering. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I don't, he should have just, just Belichick and just been like, for the sake of time, Pittsburgh. for the sake of time, I don't want to spend it. If you guys are anything like me, I've heard many podcasts and pundits and all these things. I've just been hearing this thing about his comments toward Harbaugh at the end of that game. And I just, I love what Kareem Jackson said. I don't give a shit about that last play. Exactly. 
He said it the best. He said it the best. He said it the best. He cares about what they didn't do before that last play. Stop. What they were unable to do before that last play. Not not even in the last play, but he's more concerned with, hey, we didn't win that. We didn't play to win this game. He's not concerned about the last play. That was a revealing comment. Okay. That that Mm -hmm. revealed character, or in my mind, the lack of character that our coach. Uh, unfortunately, displayed with that comment. You've got another team <coughs> that ran the ball on the final play of the game. Big deal. Mm-hmm. They were trying yeah, to protect I, I, the record. I don't agree with Harbaugh's decision, but that is not how you react to it. Well, listen. Oh, you that may is not, not how you react to it. F- fair enough. And I have no problem with what a Harbaugh did. This is a football I game. can see both sides. I can see both sides of it. But um, our coach's reaction was pathetic. Was so petty. Was uh, petty. It was petty. Listen, if he, if it was in the heat of the moment, right at the end of the game, blasted off, I might give him a little bit of a of a free of a pass. Okay, but on it, and the Monday afternoon or Monday morning press conference, he doubled back down on it. So yeah, exactly. I don't need yeah. that man. It, it, that is that's immater- the problem. Im- immaterial yeah. to to your team. That's what the other guys did. Knock off the victimhood. Just get ready yeah. for Pittsburgh. Amen. Yeah, so and I think I think what's his name said it the best. I think John Harbaugh said it the best. Don't worry about what we're doing. Worry about you. Yes, exactly. Worry yeah. about your team. I mean, I mean, say I mean, say if it was the end of the game, we're blowing out somebody, and let's just say for sake of whatever, let's say Melvin Gordon needs five yards for two thousand yards in a season, and it's the last play of the game. Guess what? You're probably going to run it because you want it's that guy happen. to get 2,000 yards. And by, and yeah. by the way, it's, it's a record. Not, it's not like they threw a 50-yard bomb trying to score <laughs> yeah. a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Okay, right. that seems yeah. like really bad sportsmanship. They just which, ran the ball. Which, by <laughs> yeah. the way, which, by the way, <laughs> they did last year. The Broncos did. Drew Locke threw a like a sixty yard bomb to Tim Patrick at the end of a game because he didn't know how to throw it out of bounds. But what was really insulting <laughs> about what was really insulting about what our coach said was he suggested that Harbaugh and the Ravens don't care about player safety. That Which was a big load of crap. Okay, that's yeah. a direct yeah. shot at his old friend, dude. That's a direct shot at his Who? old friend. That's a direct shot at their Fangio and Harbaugh. Yeah. Anyway, we'll move on. But I, move I, on. I, Let's move on. Steelers. Okay, so Steelers don't look good. They're one and three. We're playing in Pittsburgh. Okay. I'm worried. Okay, and and not not. I'm not worried that they're a better team. I don't think they are. I, especially, I think if we're at full strength, we're a better team. I I wholeheartedly believe that. But. And I think we have a better quarterback if he's healthy because Ben Roethlisberger just doesn't like he has it this year. Um, but I am worried because Tomlin is such a good coach and that team's going to be desperate and they're going to be desperate on their home field. Tomlin is, is one of the best coaches in the league. I yeah. guarantee you his team Absolutely. is going to be ready to play. Uh, I think the odds of us winning there are extremely long, regardless of who's playing quarterback for us. They have a good defense. Um, it's I think it's going to be a tough, tough game for us. A really tough game. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, Tomlin is going to make adjustments if something's not working <laughs> in the game uh, yeah. because that's what a coach is supposed to do. Um, and he's going to prepare them, and they're not going to come in completely unprepared. Uh, I do think I I definitely do think we have a chance to win the game. Um, maybe maybe I maybe I have more confidence in that than you do, but at no point at in no I think it's an easy win by any stretch. We're going to Pittsburgh, and Mike Tomlin does not mm. coach quitters. Like the team's not going to quit. They're going to fight and they're going to be desperate. And we've seen them when they've been desperate before when they've gotten. It dug themselves a hole early in the season, and they've gotten desperate, and they've rattled off several wins in a row. So it's a, it's it's a little worrisome. Now, I th- their their quarterback or their play calling, whatever whichever one it is, they don't throw the ball beyond the line of scrimmage. They just they just don't do it. Uh, they can it's obviously an issue for them. Um, it's like Ross and, I'll, I'll, and I'll. I, Sorry, Roethlisberger looks, from what I've seen so far this year, he looks like Peyton Manning would have looked if he came back in 2016. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, Roethlisberger really should have hung it up last year. Uh, yep. I, hate, I hate to see a guy just with a brilliant <laughs> career and Hall of Fame credentials go out the way he appears to be going out. He's, he's lost it for sure. No, and I think, I think, Go ahead. No, I'm done. I would say I think Peyton <laughs> Peyton maybe even looked a little bit better because he has he's always been brighter. Not to say yes. Ben Rosberg by no means is a dumb guy, but I mean think of how much of his career he would escape and all the off script plays that he would make. Um Peyton Manning just you know, he just dissected you but with his brain, not even his arm. So he may have been slightly better. But yeah, it doesn't look good. Um Obviously, they have Najee Harris, who looks he looks good. He looks the part, but I think uh, I think we're we're going to be selling out kind of games to stop the run, and uh, and we're hopefully going to have Ronald Darby back, so that will help. Um, I think that will help to cover up some of the holes that we had this past week, and I I don't think that I don't think Ben Roethlisberger at this point in his career is going to be able to exploit the defense in the way that Lamar Jackson did throwing the ball deep and, and, and things like that. Um, I will say this. If, if Bridgewater does not play, I do not think we have a chance to win. I'm just going to say that just completely wholeheartedly. So are we, are we doing predictions? Uh, We can. Yeah, certainly. Ian, let's get your take first. Uh, My take is um, like you guys are saying, Ben Watts, Ben Roethlisberger, he's washed. Um, they're not making a lot of plays down the field. I mean, yeah, he's still got, you know, Chase, um, Claypool, uh, Mapletron, um, <laughs> Mapletron, but, uh, their running game, straight trash. So you really don't got to load the box. We know that Ben Roethlisberger can't run the, can't run with the ball anymore. So you really could really just kind of rush three <clears throat> and bring, bring ba- basically everybody back into coverage and make them beat you with yeah. the Beat you with a pass because you know they're not going to beat you with a run, probably. Yeah, no need to I mean, blitz not, much, I don't think. For sure. No, not really. Not really. So I think either if it's Locke or Bridgewater, I think they have a chance to win just because of how limited the offense is on the Pittsburgh Steelers side. 
So I see, I, I think they have either either quarterback. I think better with Bridgewater the way he plays the game a little bit better than Drew Locke. But if for some reason, because we all know that Bridgewater can't even practice until Friday, because mm-hmm. that's the you know the concussion protocol. Oh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, so, I, I I'm I'm fine with it. if he if he can practice Friday, I that's fine. I'm yeah, fine but, with it. The, and I'm I'm sure I'm sure I'm sure he's ready to go now. I mean, just that yeah. that that rule. It's the protocol. Yeah. It's the protocol. They had yeah. they not allowed to. Yeah. But I think that I think they they got uh, they they have. I mean, it's a one and three team, and you know, outlier they beat the Buffalo Bills in the week one, which obviously that was kind of a that shouldn't have happened. Aberration. They really should. Yeah, they really should be zero and four. If they mm-hmm. play Buffalo, if they play Buffalo next week, Buffalo would just it would <laughs> shut them out. Like they it did everyone be, else. It'd be weird. Yeah, so I think we, I think we got a chance. A good. Do you a have, good a, chance, do you have a, a prediction? Chance. Do you have a prediction? I have a prediction. Um, I'm gonna say we do win this game. Okay. Because um, because uh, statistically, right now we're pretty good on the road this year, even though we played what a second year head coach and a rookie head coach. In the first two road games, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna go just because how limited we are on offense with injuries. I'm gonna say 21 14. 21 14. Yeah, uh, I'll go. Uh, I will say so. I, uh, you know, we've really got to get at least one of those interior linemen back. Uh, Glasgow, probably, preferably. But Reisner is the one that's trending more towards playing. Um, Reisner just looked bad this year for the most part, but but he at least has experience. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. Ooh, this is it's it's difficult. It really is difficult because I know the Pittsburghs gonna play desperate and they, they they're playing at home. Um, but I I do think I think the Broncos feel like they got embarrassed and if Teddy if you know Teddy with with the the early evidence looking like Teddy's probably going to play, uh, you know, barring something changing, barring something unforeseen. I am yeah. going to go Broncos win 23-21. Okay. I'm going to say 23-21, potentially on, a, potentially on a McManus field goal to end the game. Uh, Kevin. So I, I think playing on a road is, is always difficult, but particularly in a place like Pittsburgh, they have a tremendous home mm-hmm. field advantage. I think that True. Mike Tomlin clearly knows how much is riding on this game. You know, teams that start the season one oh one and four have almost no chance of coming back to make mm-hmm. the playoffs. And he's not going to put his team in a position to lose this game and go one and four. I just don't see it happening. He's too good of a coach and they're just too good of an organization. I think you combine that with just how beat up we are with Mm -hmm. the fact that Pittsburgh, their defense and their scheme is not, you know, entirely different from what we saw out of Baltimore. I think we're going to see more of the same. And you know this is recency recency bias in the extreme, but you know mm-hmm. I, I I just don't see us overcoming it with this offensive you know uh, coaching staff we have. So I mean the, the silver lining is as I mentioned earlier, we've got a great one-two punch in the backfield. You know if we can establish mm-hmm. a running running game early and get into play action, 
then I think we can play a little ball control and, and, and possibly keep it close. I think our chances of winning with either quarterback are much better in a low-scoring game um, where, where we run for 160, 180 yards and maybe throw for 200 um, and, and, and maybe get a couple you know, uh, turnovers, uh, which, is, which is likely with our defensive secondary and Roethlisberger you know, late in his career. He's not the same player he used to be. So, you know, so I, I, do, I do see a path for us winning this game, but I think the odds are relatively small of that happening. So I'm going to mm-hmm. say, uh, I'm gonna say uh, Pittsburgh uh, 20, uh, Denver 10. It's probably good that at least one of us is predicting Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. It's probably right. a good omen. Uh, you know, if you believe it, I, you know, who does? But I mean, I can see, I, I really can see go. I can see either way. I can see either your outcome. Uh, I would say definitely Mike Tomlin. He, he's not going to be the reason for a loss. My prediction of them losing is Mike Tomlin's not going to be the reason. But you look at Bill, Bill Belichick. I mean, bad quarterback. And you can't you can't run your offense. <laughs> you see, last year they were a bad team, and they stayed a bad team. Um, so yeah, so it's not not Mike Tomlin. Tom, Tomlin is by no means the issue here. But anyways, uh, that's our takes uh, on the current state of the Denver Broncos. Uh, well, I'm I'll, still I'll feeling. Give a, I'll give Go a ahead. nod. I'll, I'll give a nod. You know, to the people that were playing, I'll give a nod to. To Ben Roethlisberger, you know what I'm saying? I'll give a nod to Ben Roethlisberger because we know he's at the end of his career, and yeah. there's kind of like a kind of like, not a joke, but it's kind of like a, a rip on a joke from one of my favorite comedians that just passed away. Kevin knows who I'm talking about, Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald, yeah, Norm McDonald, yeah. one of the greatest, one of the greatest. So mm-hmm. at least we know. Whenever Ben Roethlisberger decides to hang up the cleats, he will go back to doing what he does best. And that's raping people. Oh my <laughs> oh, God. <geez. laughs> oh, oh no. Oh no. That you just you just cost Broncos a victory on that. <laughs> that is the worst omen you could have put out there. That's a, that's a that's that's a nod to uh, my man Norm McDonald. Norm McDonald. That is specifically because we had to give him a shout out. <laughs> Norm McDonald. We did well. Great done, guy. Man. <laughs> missed uh anyways th- from kevin from ian from myself thank you for listening to d bronx podcast and we hope to, we hope that uh, next next week we're talking to you after a uh, a bounce back victory from the broncos we believe in for it <laughs> all right yep. thanks for listening all right